What is up, all of my beautiful freaking people? Welcome back to another episode of FML Talk. Today, we are going to make you laugh. We are going to bring you the feels. We are going to give you some hope. And it's going to be a fun fucking episode that I do suggest a fun, froofy, champagne-inspired maybe cocktail to uh, pair with your listening pleasure today. Unless you're on the treadmill, you know, run it out, girl. I got you. Welcome to FML Talk. Oh, my God. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19. Can you believe that shit? Hey, this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. Have you gotten a chapter 6 yet? <gasps> he did what? 48 hours? What a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on our Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh, no, she didn't. So y'all know I don't hide the fact that I am a reality TV junkie. That is my vice. That is my guilty pleasure. That is how I like to tune my brain out. It's just, it's my jam. So you know I'm a fan of the challenge. We've had many a challengers on FML Talk, Tori Deal, Cara Maria. Like we, we've we we've had a challenger to, well, I guess Morgan Willette as well. Um, and today... Our guest came from the world of reality TV, but now does oh so very much more. Devin Simone, you know from her MTV days, but now she is an internationally renowned dating expert and matchmaker who we've never had on the show before. Never had a matchmaker come on, grace our uh, FML talk stage. Um, And her skillful guidance has helped countless singles find and create happy, substantial relationships. She is a dating and relationship expert and has been featured on shows like The Today Show, Good Morning America, The Doctors, Access Hollywood, The Wendy Williams Show. Like, we get it. She, she's she got her shit together and she's doing her thing. I was so excited when she decided she would like to come on and chat with me. This is such a wildly fun episode. We talk relationships. We talk healthy. We talk toxic. We talk all the things. Um, and her business as a matchmaker, like which was really fucking interesting to me to hear the ins and outs of how that works. She's so much fun. You guys are going to love her. So let's bring her on. Devin Simone, welcome to FML Talk. I am so stoked for this conversation. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I am stoked also. I feel like I say FML, you know, every so often. So I'm glad <laughs> to be to be here doing it with you. This is the place then. I can't wait for all of the knowledge I know that you have for my listeners. So before we get into all of the questions that I have for you, can you kind of just give everybody an overview of who you are and what you do? Yeah, so... I'm Devin Simone. I am a matchmaker. I have been in the dating space professionally for the last uh, 11 years, I think at this point. And I've been, or 10 years, I don't know, somewhere like that. And then I've been in the matchmaking space for the last going on seven. You may know me or my voice from things like The Challenge, The Official Challenge Podcast, After Show, Wendy Williams Show, Sherry Shepard Show. And I do dating a lot of dating topics on the Today Show with Hoda and Jenna. So yeah, a lot of a mix of things, but I love love. What can I say? 
I love that. We love love here. <laughs> the most <laughs> of us. Some of us are still trying to learn how to re-love love once we've had and our asses handed to us. <laughs> that's valid. That is valid. Mm-hmm. I always say I've dated like a dumbass so that other people don't have to. So I totally get yes. it. Yes. I feel like I've kind of walked that line as well. Like I put my shit show of relationships out there so that people could like learn from my trauma and mistakes and not make them themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that really, because on one hand, like my response to you even saying that is like, yes, like that's got to help so many people. And then on the other hand, I think, because I sort of think the same thing, like I'm very transparent, you know, about just my relationships and ups and downs. And then I sort of think, has this ever been fact checked though? Like are people, I hope people are actually being like, or are they just watching because it's entertainment? I don't know. Right, hopefully right. it's like valuable, <laughs> you know, because yeah, I, I think transparency uh, most of the time can yield itself to being helpful for other people. Oh my God, a hundred percent. I think especially like in the day and age that we're living in now with social media and how everything mm-hmm. is so curated and it's like, if everybody would just show up once in a while and be like, hey, I'm fucked up and like right? I've been through some shit. Right? So like today is not that great of a day. And this is what that looks like. People would start feeling so much pressure to like Agreed. be perfect because nobody Agreed. is. I agree. I wish people would do that in sort of every aspect of life, because I do think even if you don't think it's having an impact on you. I think it has more of an impact on people than they realize, you know, like this idea, like you said, a facade of everything's perfect or like, but it's something that's been around forever because even now I feel like we're becoming more aware of it now, but it used to be that the measure of success for relationships a lot of the time was around longevity. So it'd be like, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, my parents have been together for X amount of years. My grandparents are together for 60 years. Like I want to love like that. But you don't know the fights that grandma and grandpa had. Like, you don't know the trouble. Like, my grandparents were together for 64 years. May they both rest in peace. And I love them dearly. And I found out that at one point when my grandmother was pregnant, she wanted to set my grandfather on fire. Like, almost tried. It's a whole thing. They, you know, it didn't happen. (laughs) And they went on to have more kids. It's great. They had seven boys. But, like, there were real rough moments there. And so, yes, it was a wonderful relationship as a whole. But you can't just assume because someone's been together for a long time that it's great. And so transparency around the trials and tribulations of some of those long-lasting relationships are actually really helpful Mm. to others and future generations. Basically, just be open, people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember when the news broke about my divorce, Mm -hmm. so many people who like were acquaintances of mine or like, you know, friends, but not in my close inner circle were Mm -hmm. messaging me being like, oh my God, girl, I was looking at photos on your Instagram of your honeymoon and being like, fuck this bitch. She's in Bora Bora. I wish I had her life. Their relationship's Mm -hmm. so perfect. And I'm like, yeah, that's what people see on the outside. And I, after I went through that experience, I vowed to like, only show up on social media and be real about it. Like when yeah. when my fiance now and I are having issues, like we talk about it on the podcast or like I'll be open about it. I'm like, we're going to therapy. Mm-hmm. It's like, because you're so right about, you know, your grandma and grandpa, like there's relationships that lasted 60 plus years, but like, were they fucking miserable? Right. You know? Right. A hundred percent. And ch- two grandma and grandpa Sims, I know you guys are listening up there. I know that they loved each other to the bitter end and I don't think they were miserable, but certainly I don't, because back in that day, two we're talking about like the year like they lived in like mm. like a little farmhouse basically yeah. where like you know and grandma couldn't drive only grandpa could drive you know like that whole like small town thing in Missouri and they didn't get into relationships with the sort of emphasis on emotional intelligence and emotional mm. regulation that we have now right so like right. you and your fiance now think of just how aware you are of so many things now going in which makes you a more powerful partner but also 
allows you to just kind of navigate it better and express totally. things better. And I'm sure for your partner as well, versus back then when it was like, cool, you're of age. You seem nice. Right. <laughs> like, should we make a married? baby? <laughs> yeah, let's get married. Mabel. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And divorce back then, you know, was a lot more stigmatized and like mm-hmm. not really a thing like it is now. I think now people are starting to I don't know if I can say, go as far as they become empowered by it when they make that decision to like choose right. themselves and be like, I'm not happy anymore. I'm going to walk away. But at least there's a little less shame on like, oh, my God, her entire life is a right. failure because she got divorced. It's like, you know, it's unfortunately so common now. But as long as you're putting your happiness first and yourself first, then it's like you should be doing that. A hundred percent. And we're seeing a little bit of correction, too, which I think is Nice. So, you know, we we heard for years, I'm sure all of us around how the divorce rate was going up and up and up. And oh, my gosh, what does that mean for society? And really, I think is it's as we started to have this shift of what are my priorities? What do I look for in a partner as women became more independent? So getting married was not just this sort of like contract or necessity. It was a choice that Mm -hmm. they could or could not make. You know, even back when my other grandmother was alive in her time, she wasn't allowed to have a credit card for certain years of her life because women weren't allowed, you know, like that still was like a thing. So now we don't have any of that. And so there was a bit of a, you know, an overcorrection of people getting divorces because they realized, wait a minute, I don't need to be stuck in this thing where I'm miserable or crying or sad or don't have trust. And now what we're seeing is the divorce rate is actually declining. So especially when you're getting married like 30 and later. So Mm -hmm. when you're taking the time to build your relationship and then you're getting married sort of after 30, because there is this sort of sense that maybe you know yourself a little bit better. You've done some of the dumb 20 things, you know, shout out to 20 year olds. You've done some great 20 things. I mean, I'm proud even of the dumb stuff I did in my 20s. It was great. Um, (laughs) It's a rite of passage. (laughs) It was right. It allows me to, it allows me to stay in on a Friday night and not feel like I'm missing anything. So I just remind myself of the woman who was in her 20s and (laughs) we did a lot of fun things. And so now we're seeing the divorce rate decline a bit because it seems like people who are entering into these relationships really know themselves better and therefore, you know, are happier and more satisfied. Uh, in totally. relationships. Totally. I mean, I wouldn't change the path that I took because it was the catalyst to really like what turned into my career. But if mm-hmm. I would have got married in my 30s as opposed to when I was 25 mm-hmm. to my ex-husband, like it would have been a different, like I'm a completely different person. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't yeah. imagine like going forward with another marriage being that young. Although I do know that there's people that do it and it's they're of super course. successful and more fucking power to you. Yeah. But I always love to err on the side of like get a little bit more knowledge and wisdom and development under your, you know, what you want and who you are and who you want to reflect that as a person before you decide to like make that big commitment. A hundred percent. And you can be in your 20s and be wise as hell. You could be in your 20s and meet a partner that's at the same place as you and it work out that you're growing together. Because I think sometimes right. that too is the issue of, of meeting someone in your 20s is you it can totally work. And I root for love, whether you're, you know, night long as you're legal age, you know, 19, <laughs> 22, 92. But when you're in your 20s, you kind of go at such a fast pace, like speed of learning what you want for yourself, what to do. And and like you said, you're not the same person you were when you're 25. And so it's really clinging to the hope that your partner is going to grow and learn at the same pace and also in the same direction. And that is more challenging. Whereas once you hit 30s, you're still learning, you're still growing all those things, but you have kind of a stronger base and foundation to know 
you know, where, like, I'm probably not going to become a monk somewhere, you know, (laughs) never say never, but I feel like I know myself well enough now that like that part's probably not going to happen. And so you can just kind of anticipate a little bit better when you're looking for a partner, you know, the direction you would want that person to be able to go versus when you're in your twenties. But the good news is, is love is looking up. So if you're feeling stressed about it, that's okay. So many of us have been there, but it's looking up. Good things coming. Summer is here and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon. One of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is factor meals. No prep, no mess, no cleanup meals. I have really been off the wagon with my eating since having my son. And for my health, my wellness, and my mental sanity, I have been switching my dinners to more healthy options from Factor. They have 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, so I never get bored. And Tay is continuously shocked every time he sits down to eat one because they are so freaking tasty. They have breakfast, lunches, dinners, and desserts. It's a treat to have restaurant-quality food that is so easy to prepare and doesn't come with the insane Postmates bill. Head to factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 and use code FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code FMLtalk50 at factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy, FMLers. So let's dig into this because I'm fucking fascinated. You interviewed over 2,000 singles Mm -hmm. and hundreds of happy couples to really like figure out and gain a deeper understanding of what was challenging everybody Mm -hmm. so much when Mm -hmm. we're dating in this day and age, which is a freaking shit show. Yes. What were the findings of that whole study you did? What did you gather? What did you gain? Like, give us the tea. Yeah. So, you know, my nature as as a matchmaker, which... If you ever want to work with the matchmaker, guys, hit me up. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. But is that I've met a lot of people and I get to ask them some of the most intimate questions. And I am so grateful that they feel comfortable sharing things with me that I know that they haven't shared in many cases with anyone else in terms of their relationships and how they're feeling, what they learned. And and even as a matchmaker, everyone I work with has a different story and comes in kind of a different category. So yes, sure, there are people who've never been on dates who look to work with matchmakers. There are people who have been in plenty of relationships, but fine, they keep hitting the same kind of pattern. So they want to work with matchmakers. There are people who are in loving, amazing, long-term relationships and maybe that partner died. And so now they're trying to get back out there. So there's all these, there are divorcees, there's people with very different stories. So it's, Mm -hmm. you know, and getting to dig into those stories and kind of learn and see like, what are some of the indicators of those who speak fondly of their past part, you know, like the relationships that did work well. And unfortunately, maybe a person passed away versus those who, you know, keep picking the same type of person and those relationships that maybe, you know, I talked to someone the other day and she was like, I'm always in situationships. Like it's really just been a, sing- <laughs> a string of situationships. And I was like, girl, relatable, so relatable, you know, and hearing all of that. And then it's sort of like just taking all of that in and assessing like, what are the things we could potentially get ahead of? Because part of the fun of love is that it is unpredictable, right? And you're dealing with other people's emotions. But there are certain things when it comes to the dynamic of how people interact that you can make some educated guesses. 
Mm -hmm. on, right? Like whether it be text messaging, whether it could be like profile, dating profiles, for example, if you're on the apps, I don't care how good he looks in that shirtless photo. Okay. You should probably (laughs) swipe left. If he has written nothing about himself in the bio, I don't care how busy you think he was. If he was serious, he could have written at least two lines about himself. You should probably swipe left. I promise you that will help you cut down on some F boys, not all of them, but it will help you cut down right there. If he says something dumb to you, within the first three messages you exchange on the app. Don't think that you are going to change his mind or that he's going to like start acting normal. But I was reading a Twitter exchange the other day and they were like, the girl was appalled by what he had said to her within the first like three messages. But she continued to sort of entertain it to be like, well, why would you say that? And like go back and forth. Right. And I'm like, you are just wasting your time. Yeah, and you're girl, encouraging like, just the bad behavior. Run. Yes, yeah. just, just let it go also if you go on a first date something else i found i may or may not have been guilty of this myself (laughs) but i say ask yourself three questions at the end of the date whether you're a guy or girl say did i have fun with this person okay did i laugh with this person ideally with them not at them and then say did i want to know more like about was there some topic you're talking about and you were just like oh that's really fascinating or you felt like you guys could talk about that for a little longer you're intrigued if those three things are there and you didn't feel unsafe at all just like physically unsafe or just really like ick, like, oh my God, get me away from your emergency 911. If you didn't feel that, but you do, the answer was yes to those other questions. So yes, you know, I had fun. I laughed and I wanted to know more. Go on the second date. Mm. You don't have to know if that's going to be the person you're going to marry. Hell, you may decide in 10 years you don't want to get married. Who knows? I don't know. But just go, go on that date because we're in an age of trying to know all these things so quickly. And the reality is, is that our brain, while great, we still only use a small percentage of it. So we get it wrong sometime and we're not allowing real relationships to develop. And if you think about some of your closest friends that you just love dearly, that are your ride or dies, many times you didn't know the first time you met that person, the first hour you spent with that person, that that person would ultimately have such an impact on your life. Like I almost guarantee there's someone in your life that that's the case. Maybe you did know for some of your close friends, but I guarantee there's at least someone in your life that you didn't realize. You sort of look back now and you're like, wow, we've been friends for 10 years or 15 years or you're the person I call. But you didn't know that when you first met them. So how you think you're going to meet your lifetime partner and just know I don't care how many Nicholas Sparks movies you've watched. That is not always real life. (laughs) That's not life. I am so glad you're bringing this up. This is such a good point. Most of my relationships throughout my life, and this dates back to like high school, I didn't meet them and be like, oh my God, that's the hottest guy I've ever seen. I have to date him. Mm -hmm. I met the person. We started to kind of like build a friendship. And then Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, like he's kind of, he's hotter now than Mm -hmm. when I met him because now I see his personality and da, 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 da. Like, most of my relationships have been like that, especially like the longer, more successful ones. Even my fiance now, like when we first, you know, we were friends for like a solid two months before anything ever happened. And yeah. then he he still had to like convince me that that was like the right decision. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, look, it's not to take away too that like you can totally be attracted to your person right away. That's fine. I'm just saying the idea that you will feel all the butterflies and know it's not necessarily realistic. And if you have a habit of saying, if you're like, well, with my last ex, I felt butterflies and new and the ex for that, I felt butterflies and new, then maybe those butterflies are alarm bells. Okay. Maybe that's actually what's going off in your stomach and not the happiness that you thought you want to think longevity. 
here. All yeah. right. So be in the moment, have all the feels like my fiance, our, it was technically our second first date because I didn't do any of the things I just suggested you guys listening do, which is when we went on our first date, he asked me on a second date and I said, no, but I did say I want to hang out again because I had so much fun with him. I did have fun with him. <laughs> he thought I was friend zoning him. So he's kind of like, uh, maybe not. But when we finally reconnected years later and went on our second first date, it lasted like 10 hours, I think, or something wow. like that. It was long. It was just talking. We just talked, 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 talked. We went to yeah. dinner and then we came back and just talked, talked, talked. And it was amazing. And it was definitely something special there. But even in that moment, did I know like I'm going to marry this man? No, but I right. knew that it felt different. And I wanted to see like, what is this thing? Which is great. Yeah, like, that's a great thing. But if you're planning your wedding right afterwards, you know, maybe slow your roll a little and like just see, continue to ask if you're having fun and if you're laughing. Yeah. Oh my God. That's such great advice. And I'm so glad you brought up the alarm bells because when I got out of my like love bombing situation relationship mm -hmm. after my divorce, I had come from two such toxic relationship dynamics that when I met my current fiance, I was mm -hmm. like, wait, this can't, this can't be it. Like yeah. there's something missing. Cause this yeah. like, where's all the drama? Where are the yep. butterflies? Where like, I like feel like I'm going to shit 24 seven from anxiety. <laughs> like it was, it was not, uh, my brain couldn't compute like, oh, this is healthy, safe love. This is good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I so love it's that. like, yeah, sometimes the butterflies are like intuition alarm bells. I think that's mm -hmm. really important to remember. Mm -hmm. Those are totally important to remember. And give yourself grace and knowing that it very much is an evolution and you don't have to get it perfect. And even once you're in the relationship, it's like there's no such thing as, you know, perfectness. You're a growing human. They're a growing human, ideally. But you just want to learn the lessons from either, you know, our Gabby and I's past mistakes, other people's past mistakes, your own past mistakes, so that you're not stuck repeating the pattern. Because I would yeah. say that's like repeating third grade, right? It means you haven't learned the lesson yet. And you kind of come back and you're like, oh, well, look, I'm right here <laughs> again. The same situation. Yeah. Yeah, which is never fun. But once you realize that, I think a lot can happen. And then also like setting boundaries. You know, I engage now to an amazing man. Uh, we're getting married in, when are we getting married? Oh, June, duh. And so I'm <laughs> super excited, but it's not my first time engaged. And, you know, in the last relationship, and my Adam, my fiance and I have a very open, he knows everything about everything when it comes to me. But um, I was in a place then in the past relationship where I wasn't, I didn't even realize it. I still had lessons to learn around setting my own boundaries and like mm. healthy boundaries. And this speaks to especially people who are in any sort of work or environment where they're constantly serving people like they can be. So whether you're the friend that everybody calls when they need help, whether you are a teacher, whether you are in consulting, whether you are an art, you, that means you're likely in a space where you constantly are making space for other people right. and be careful with that because it can be easy for you to overlook your own needs. Like, the, you know, you, you're constantly making space for other people's stories, which is wonderful, but you want to strike a balance there. And I was in a relationship where I wasn't setting boundaries and not so much with him, but actually with his family. And that creates its own sort of complications and dynamics. And so boundary setting, which you set that foundation very early on in the dating and courtship yeah. phase is also like really key. I found 
in my own journey to having a healthy, balanced relationship that's sustainable moving forward. Yeah, totally. Oh, I'm interested to get your perspective on when the appropriate time is, like how it's appropriate to bring up when you're in that kind of like newer relationship phase. We had um, a therapist, Therapy Jeff, on a couple months ago, and he was like, you know, like, second, third date, you can like make it a, you don't have to be like, look, this is what I need. This is what you have to do. But there's like fun, creative ways to kind of like work it into conversations. And it's so important so that you're not like pushing it to the side because you're in this honeymoon phase. And then you get like four or five months in and you're like, fuck, I got to backtrack because like this person doesn't actually know any of the shit that's important to me. (laughs) A hundred percent. Shout out to therapy, Jeff. (laughs) Jeffrey's 100% right. You know, I would say for things around, like, you really shouldn't, or I wouldn't recommend entering into anything with anyone without having some sort of clarity or general outline around what it is that you actually want. Yeah. Because then you're just creating an opportunity for confusion and pain for both your own self, but also for the other person. So try and figure out, and it's okay to change, but at least have a general idea. So if you know that right now as a single person, you're looking for a relationship, this is why I said swipe left on those shirtless photos and those blank profiles, (laughs) then don't entertain someone who clearly communicates to you that they aren't looking for that. And also when you do go out on dates within the first, you know, date two or three, like therapy Jeff said, there are fun ways you can, you know, communicate it. So whether it be something like, you know, I've enjoyed going on dates, but for me personally, I feel like I can have the most fun when there's one person I'm connecting with and one person we're building relationship together. You could say that over dinner because now Mm -hmm. you're not saying you have to be that person. What are we? You're just saying, hey, I'm giving you a heads up. I enjoy dates, but this is what I'm focused on. Like this is the direction I'm going. So that way, if he doesn't, he or she doesn't kind of like step to the plate within a certain time, when you bring it back up and evaluate being like, hey, you know, it seems like you want this, but I've communicated I want that. There's not a surprise. You know, they're not yeah. like, well, I had no idea. It's pretty clear. Same thing with like intimacy. So you can say on date two or date three, you know, I really enjoy, you know, I really enjoy sex. I really enjoy You could say it however you want. I really enjoy intimacy. I really enjoy sex. Like to me, sex is an important part of relationship. But I find that the most fun sex for me is when I'm with someone I really trust and can let go. And it's in a relationship. That just is for right. me personally is like the best way to do it. And then you can pivot to something else in the top. You don't even have to linger there, but you've now yeah. put it out there. You've communicated it. So when things are getting hot and heavy on date five or six or whatever, and he or she is trying to undo a blouse or a skirt or a pants or whatever, and you put the brakes on it, it's not some surprise like, oh, well, I thought this is what we were doing. Because you'd be like, oh, no, remember, like, yeah, I think you're super hot. But I, I, to me, my best moves come when I feel Mm -hmm. really connected to that person and it's in a relationship. So, you know, play your cards right and hopefully we'll get there one day or something like that. I think it's so important for people that are listening that are like panicking right now because they're in the dating space and they're like, yeah, but I don't want to bring it up too early because like, what if that like turns the person off and then they don't like me and they pull back. If you stating something that simple and that casual about your needs and what you're looking for and what you want, don't waste your fucking time if they do pull back. Like that's not What's your person. Meant for you is fireproof. Yes. As long as you are doing your best work. Now, if you're acting 
like a hot ass mess, then no, <laughs> you're going to probably lose out on some things. All right. If you're not doing your part, then no, I just had a conversation with a challenger about that. I shall not name names, but about <laughs> one in their love life and them doing things that are not serving them well. Cut that out. However, if you are really showing up as you, trying your best to do your best, so that means setting boundaries, you know, communicating like, hey, just so you know, I'm looking for a relationship or or maybe I'm looking for polyamory or maybe I'm looking for whatever are the things, your goals and that you're looking for. You're showing up, you're communicating that because you're trying to be the best, most responsible version of yourself you can be. If that person gets scared off, then exactly like Gabby said, bye. Peace, deuces, didn't need them in your life anyway because what is meant for you is fireproof. I actually saw that on my therapist's Instagram page a couple of years ago. It's actually how I found my therapist. And then I had it made into a neon sign that hangs in my apartment, a giant neon I sign. Love because it. I live by that mantra and I believe it's so true. Yeah, I, I'm going to have everyone adopt that. That's fucking brilliant. And it's mm -hmm. so true. It's so true. Like if you look at, you know, for everyone that's listening that knows my past history very well, like the amount of times my fiance should have been like, I'm going to go like this mm -hmm. is a little too much. Like mm -hmm. you need to heal some shit. And like this is like a little a little extra. No, that shit was like meant for me. And like mm -hmm. I worked through my stuff and mm -hmm. he was there for me the entire time. And here we are all like gooey and happy and shit. So uh, I fully 100%. subscribe to that mantra. OK, give me some of your best dating and relationship practices for the people out there that are like banging their heads against the wall being like this isn't working I'm a horrible dater <laughs> or like new relationship person what are some of your go-to like live by rules go to live by rules so you know there's a few and I would say pick up what works for you and put down what doesn't because there isn't really fully a one-size-fits-all because different people are looking for different things so yeah there's some like you know variability there but one, I'd say is whatever you do, continue to invest in yourself and your own joy, like outside mm. of dating, whether that's like yes. a hobby, whether it's you're crushing it at work, just something that's actually bringing you joy. And I don't mean crushing it at work. So then you can use that on your resume because you think it'll attract a better partner. Please know, <laughs> especially women. I'm just I'm just keeping it real. OK, especially women like what's interesting is women think that an impressive resume, like their own impressive resume is appealing to a guy. Look, I've talked to a lot of guys, a lot of them. It's not, they don't care. They don't ever ask about that. They just mm. want to know that you found something that brings you joy, like that mm. you have already found out the way to make yourself happy. So they can right. support that, not so yeah. that they have to be the sole focus of that. And I'm talking about right. an emotionally intelligent guy, not an F boy. But right. so crush it at work, that's great. But don't think like, oh, well, shouldn't I get every guy because I'm the CEO and have 12 degrees? Like, that's amazing. I'm proud of you. Your parents are probably proud of you. Your future partner will be proud that he's with you just as a person. But that's not it, it's not the same as it is for women when we're attracted to a guy who's a leader oftentimes or or just a partner who's like a leader. Right. Makes, you know, good decisions sort of different. But anyway, do a thing that find, brings you joy. Continue to do that. So that way there's a happy little happy corner of yourself, even when dating annoys you. Don't waste your time trying to change people. Oh my God, fucking say yes. it again for the people in yes. the back. Don't waste your time trying to change people. You know, true story. So with Adam, 
my fiance, I told you how I said no to a second date initially. Okay. It was partially because I didn't like his pants. All right. And I called him <laughs> pants guy throughout the day. He knew we made fun of his pants all the time. When he asked me on the second date, I actually responded back via text saying it was nice meeting you in your pants with the oh pants my emoji. God, and then I know a whole thing. Not the pants but emoji. I know, pants emoji. <laughs> uh, I have since screenshotted that text. It will go down. We will have it framed in our house one day. Amazing. But the other underlying reason of why I said no to a second date, even though I had a great time with him, was because he had just gotten out of something really serious. And I had asked him on that first date, talking about setting boundaries. I was like, so what What do you see for yourself? What are your goals? Not saying you have to marry me, be with me, but right. just like, what are you kind of looking for, excited about? And he, at the time, he wasn't really sure about marriage. He wasn't really sure about kids. Now, understandably, again, because he was just coming out, he had just sure. finished something very serious like a couple months prior. But for me, part of the reason I said no to a second date was because I was very committed to wanting marriage. And at the time, kids, I don't necessarily want kids now, but at the time, I thought that part was what I wanted too. And so it was like, if he told me he didn't really know that's what he wanted, I'm not going to try and change you. I'm not going to go, well, let me invest five years in this and see if yeah. I can get you. And I do think sometimes, we get distracted by the shiny. And so people go into things knowing that other person was up front and said, I don't really want this or I want to go backpacking for the rest of my life. And I don't know, Uruguay or something, which is cool, but it's like not aligned with what you actually want. And you think you're going to like change them into something else like that. Yes. Rarely works. The amount of times I did that with my ex Mm. being like, well, you know, he's saying he doesn't want a relationship, but like we're having this amazing sex all the time mm-hmm. and he wants to talk to me and hang out. So like mm-hmm. he must not really know what he no, he does. And he yeah. fucking said it to you, bitch, right in front. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Take that at face value and like understand that it's not going to serve you to try and change people. Absolutely. And if they're meant to be in your life, it'll come back around because yep. after time passed, I got into a relationship. He got into a relationship. We lost, totally forgot about it. I just remembered him as pants guy. <laughs> and then years later, thanks to COVID actually, COVID and Clubhouse, does that app even still exist? Uh, uh, we reconnected and he was on the board. He was ready for a relation. You know, like he knew right. what he wanted and he we wanted the same things like off right off the bat. And so great, now we're together. But at least honestly, I still would choose that path over spending four years together hoping he changes his mind and like all that other yeah and I think it speaks it speaks to you and your strength as an individual to be like you know yeah you're shiny and like I might have said yes if things were different but like this is important to me and this is a boundary for me so like I'm not even going to entertain it that's like that's holding your your boundary to protect your peace I love that A hundred percent. You've got to protect your peace. No, if there's nothing else, you've got to protect your peace, at least to the best of your ability. The most important thing on the planet. (laughs) It's so important. And if you feel like you're really burned out on the apps, and this is going to sound self-serving, but I I would tell you this if you were my bestie too. Hell, I tell my close friends. If you feel like you're really burned out on the apps and or you're in a position where you're just not meeting new people or women or guys or whatever, people that just you feel are aligned with anything that you're looking for. Maybe you just don't know what you're looking for. Or maybe you keep dating the same type or maybe you haven't dated in a long time or maybe you're getting a heartbreak. Like matchmaking is a real thing. And like, they're really awesome. You know, I work with a team. There's about 40 of us. And not only do we love what we do, we're really committed to it, but we are like your, all that stress that you have when you get off work and you're like, God, I got to swipe. 
I really don't want to swipe, but I also know I don't have anybody else or I'm going to keep talking to this F boy or F, you know, person over here that I know I really don't want to be with, but like, they're the one messaging me. Like you don't have to do it on your own. It's an investment, but it's not what people think. It's not all old people. We work with clients in their twenties. We work with clients in their, you know, sixties. We work with clients that are women. We work with clients that are men. We work with members of the LGBTQ plus community. Like, we're actually the good ones are here to really help you and take some of that stress off. And sometimes it works well because then what happens is you're able to spend that extra free time you have now because you don't have to swipe. You don't have to screen profiles. You don't have to have those awkward first calls where you're like, are you not a bot? Like, are you a real person? You know, are you going to murder me? Yeah, exactly. That's literally (laughs) what I was thinking. Yeah, exactly. You don't worry about that. And you can take that extra time and dedicate it to doing something you enjoy that brings you happiness. So that way, when you're getting matched by us, you can just turn up to the date and be excited. Like you don't yeah. have to, you know, you don't have this chip on your shoulder or whatever else. It just allows you to kind of, you know, refresh a little bit more. It's just like outsourcing the days you don't want to cook dinner. Right. I literally don't think I've cooked since I've been in this apartment. The days that you don't want to cook dinner, you can, you know, you Uber eats or DoorDash and it's yep. great because you can have whatever you can have a five star meal if you want. And yes, you're paying for it, but the amount of time you've saved is like amazing and you're enjoying yeah. this experience. I don't say you can Uber eats a relationship, but you know, but you can, you, you, you can, you can, you can get the ingredients. Maybe it's more like a hello fresh situation or like a blue apron. So like, it's not the full meal. You got to kind of, you know, you have to engage and make the relationship a little bit, but you can have the pre-portioned ingredients sent to your door so that it's a little bit easier than having to go to the grocery store. Oh my God. I'm dead. I love when we compare men to food. It's like so accurate <laughs> for me. Okay. This is so fascinating to me. So let's dig into all the matchmaking stuff because when I hear matchmaking, I granted I'm a reality TV junkie. I'm not proud of it, but here we are. I either think of millionaire matchmaker or are you the one, which is probably the most oh God, too please, toxic fucking example you could absolutely come up with. So kind of take me through, like if I'm a client and I come to you, what's the actual process that you go through? Like how do you guys find me like all of these like fantastic options to go on dates with? Well, the good news is, unlike Millionaire Matchmaker, we don't yell at you. Great. That's Love the that. first. Or tell you to straighten <laughs> your hair. That's the first step. So what happens is, you know, we'd get on a call with you first and just get to know you. So, you know, the matchmaking that we do, we actually don't, we have a huge database. We have like literally over 100,000 people in our database. It's very large, which is great, which are singles to pull from. And that number grows every day. But when it comes to our clients, we work with a select number of people at a time because we really want to make sure it's a good mutual fit. Like that's Mm -hmm. ideal for us. So, and for everyone, it isn't good fit. So I'll tell you now, like we'll interview you to find out kind of what your must-haves are, what your deal breakers are, you know, a little bit more about you. What do you enjoy? What are you attracted to? And then from there, we get a sense of whether or not we feel like we have multiple opportunities that align with what you're looking for of people who also would be just as excited about meeting you as they should be, right? Mm -hmm. I would say dating isn't Chipotle. You can't go down this is making me hungry. You can't go down the line and like order, just pay for it at the end, like order what you want and pay for it at the end. Like it has to be, there has to be reciprocity. So, you know, if you are four foot 11, which is great, fine, great. But you're like, I only want to date people who are six, six and above. No, we are not going to take you. We're not going to, because we give you multiple matches. So like, no, we're not going to guarantee that all your matches are above six, six and 
have the million other qualities that you're looking for. It also tells right. me you're focused on the wrong things. Yeah. And you need like a stool on your date at that yes! point. Like what? I, sometimes <laughs> I'm like, do you have heels that are 12 inches? No. Right. So you, he's still <laughs> taller than you. He is still taller than you. I understand you want someone taller than you. That's fine. But come on. So things like that. But we're going to get to know you. Should be a fun conversation. Doesn't take too long. And then from there, I'll be able to share with you kind of what your options with us would be. So if we can take you on as a client, yay, you kind of pass that first test. And then you do a video interview with your matchmaker. And we just build from there, getting to know you more. And then you get some photos done. Those are included. Don't worry. The photos aren't as stressful as they may sound. They're not glamour shots or anything weird. We just want like good reason. We can't, we can't match you with photos of you and your 17 friends in every photo like we yeah. need or photos of weird lighting. Usually that's for guys though. Guys are the worst at taking cell photo. Like they're just the worst. Like <laughs> we used to do all these initial meetings in person. We still meet with some people in person, but we used to do all the initial meetings in person. And I can't tell you how many guys I'd meet where their profile photo that they would just like upload in our system. I'm like, oh, and then I meet them in person. I'm like, oh my, I mean, oh. one, a couple of times I literally would whip out my iPhone and be like, just hold on here. I'm going to just take a picture of you. Delete all copies of that picture you uploaded. Have I'm you, gonna have upload you heard of finding your light? Like, come on. Yeah, no, they have not. No, or <laughs> they look like they're taking a DMV photo or that they're in a hostage situation and they could be the <laughs> nicest, sweetest guy. I'm like, those angles serve no one, sir. Even yes. you, please don't do that again. <laughs> Guys are notoriously bad at that. But you get photos included and then... From there, you can just feel like you have a friend in this process. And if you want to like burn the apps, you can. If you want to continue working with the apps, we'll provide guidance and like assist you with that. But we will go through, you know, our network and resources and connect you with people who fit those must-haves that are local to you, that are also interested in meeting you, who've also taken the time and shown that they too are being intentional about their love life mm -hmm. by meeting with us. Because another, you know, if you meet a guy at the bar, which is still a great way to meet, but he's had no barrier to entry there, right? Like he, like he could literally say a pickup line to you, you leave after getting your drink and then he could say it to like five other right. women that night. Right. Like he's no barrier to entry. Whereas here, you got to deal with us. So like you got to sit down and talk to us and tell us what you learned in your past relationships. We're going to gauge mm. if there's a certain level of emotional intelligence there, like what your goals are, all the stuff that we know guys don't generally just talk about. You know, they're not particularly forthcoming. It's like what everybody wants to do when they show up to a first date. Exactly. Like, how much therapy have you gone to? Yep. What's your relationship like with your mother? Yep. How's your emotional intelligence? Like, yep. but you can't fucking do that without being crazy and weird. <laughs> but guess what? We can do it and then tell you all the answers, right? right. And you still look cool, which is great. Yeah. And then it also just creates an additional level of investment in getting to know you. So it's kind of like by the time you've been matched with someone from us, like each of those matches have been vetted to a point where like, they're really giving the two of you time and space to see if there could be something there versus just like a quick swipe, a quick message, a quick I want a right. situationship kind of vibe. Doesn't right. mean you're going to love all your matches. Like we're looking for one person, right? Ultimately. But it means you'll see a difference than what you may be encountering when you've been doing it on your own. If you feel like, you know, again, there's been repeated patterns, like we'll help you break through and identify some of those patterns if you have them, mm -hmm. as well as connecting you to people that you haven't already met. So so you're not repeating third grade anymore because you are not. You will get that, that certificate. <laughs> you will make it on to the next grade level, <laughs> capping down and all. And we will be so proud of you. 
Oh, okay. So let's say I come to you as a client, you interview me, you're like, you're fabulous. And let's like set you up with people. Do you then go to the people that you think are good matches in your database and like show them my stuff and be like, this is who we think you would be a great match with? Like, do they get as versed on me as I am on them before we go on the date? So yes, you both do get sort of the rundown on each other. But what we do before just saying to this other person, like, hey, I think you could be a really good fit for, you know, this example, like Gabby or whatever, we first go, even if we've already met with them before, we chat with them again, just to connect and make sure that they're really aligned with you specifically. Because even though we've talked to them before, you know, our lenses get shaped by whomever we're thinking about in that moment. So we want to make sure, okay, the things that, you know, Gabby's really working towards, she's really into podcasting and her business and she's an accomplished author. And, you know, she's someone who values emotional intelligence and she's a growth mindset and a bit of an adventure and she's social. She has friends, like all these things are running through our mind. So as we chat with this person, this guy, we just really want to make sure that he's really hitting on all, not that you guys have to be the exact same, but that ultimately you have shared vision, shared values and complementary capabilities. And mm. what's cool in the way we do things is you're not just limited to our existing database and clients. There are people that we've matched up who are in relationships, who are married now, where we've met them at events. I met a guy at a wedding and connected him to a client of ours and they, you know, have been together for years. Now mm. we have clients that get married all the time to people. We kind of see that as like, I don't know, maybe that's like a weird matchmaker thing is like our own little personal victory when we're like, well, fuck uh-huh. yeah, that's your business. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, there's a challenger now that I'm putting in the database actually when I names, but I'm like, okay, you're single. We'll keep an everybody eye out, immediately like, is like, let's sign up. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah, like it's really like personalized, which is why we don't just kind of do an open door policy of every one. Like we want to help everyone, but we also want to be transparent and honest if we feel like, hey, this is really what you're looking for. We're unable to do that. Also, we're in like 12 cities right now and growing. So anyone's welcome to just put their name into our database so they can be notified once we've expanded to their city. But Mm. primarily now we are in the big city, you know, along the East Coast, all the big cities there, West Coast, Midwest as well. We're there coming to Miami soon. So, yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. It's cool. We love what we do. And it's so cool seeing how people's lives change. I mean, there are literally babies in existence from the work that we do, yeah. which is really special for us. That's amazing. I love that. There's so many, you know, like girlfriends that I have that I wish I had a database of like solid fucking guys that were mm-hmm. single to like, just start like setting them up with. So I, mm-hmm. I totally get that. I think it's awesome. So if people are like, okay, fuck the apps, I'm in, I want to like try the whole matchmaking thing. What are the next steps that they take? How do they contact you? How do they find out if it's like financially feasible for them? Yeah. So the easiest way is to go to my website. Just go to devinsimone.com. So that's Devin with a Y, D-E-V-Y-N, Simone with an I. So S-I-M-O-N-E.com. And then click on the matchmaking tab. And there you can sign up. It's free to like kind of create a little profile in the database. It's private. So only myself and my colleagues can see it. It's not some publicly searchable thing. Your ex isn't going to see you on it, whatever (laughs) else, like your coworkers or your employees, whatever, they're not going to see it. And candidly, we've worked with big names, like people who you would know. And then of course we've worked with names that you'd be like, I don't know who the heck that is. So, you know, we've worked with people in varying degrees. I will tell you, we've worked in terms of the price point, it is investment, but we've worked with people who are, you know, 
school teachers and even college students. And then again, we've worked with people who are super wealthy. So it's unlike other companies, it's not like a crazy thing. We try to keep it within reach, but we also know we dedicate a lot of resources to it. But sure. what'll happen is create that free profile because you have nothing to lose there. That part's free. It's free. Might as well. Okay. And then I'll send you a little bit of information. If it seems like something where you do want to become a client or at least talk about that, then we'll hop on a call and I'll do an interview and just get to know you better in the ways that we describe. So like, what are your must-haves? So maybe start thinking about some of your kind of top quantifiable must-haves. What are your deal breakers? Like things that are just complete no-goes for you. We'll talk about all of that stuff. Again, all of it's confidential. And then from there, I'll be able to give you clear guidance on what your options would be with us. You know, like, great, you're a great fit. You know, we'd love to match you, da-da-da. Or maybe it's not the best fit, but you can at least be in our database still. And that way, if we think you're fit for a client of ours in the future, you know, maybe we'll reach out to you. But yeah, you can't win if you don't try or if you don't play is what I always say. So yeah knowing this resource is out here to you, I'd highly recommend it. But go to my website, you'll get more info there. You can even see some testimonials there and then click on the little, there's actually like probably a million and a half tabs. Shout out to my website <laughs> designer, Sarah Shuttle, to like click and create a profile so you can do that. And then we'll kind of, I'll reach out to you and we'll we'll go from there around next steps. But it's really a thing. It's cool seeing people, you know, average in their 20s and 30s kind of utilizing this tool in a way that like five years ago they didn't realize was available to them. Right. Yeah. It's like, again, it's like using an Uber. It is like hiring accountant. You know, finally, I, I could only TurboTax it so long. And then finally <laughs> it was like, nah, girl, you need a proper accountant to like yeah. do these things. And, you know, when you hire an accountant, it doesn't mean you can't count. It doesn't mean you can't do math. It just means that you recognize that you've reached a certain level where the things that you're looking for, the outcome that you want is multifaceted or you're multifaceted. And so being able to outsource it and have an expert handle some of those pieces for you really just helps you get ahead of the game and start enjoying the results faster. Because if I just had to do TurboTax one more time, I literally wait until the day taxes are due and I'm miserable (laughs) the whole day because I'm trying to get stuff in. Whereas now having an accountant, I'm like, here, here you go. Okay, great. You know, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I love it. I, it really is like, if I was in the dating realm, I'd be like, do I want to have an app choose someone for me and like Mm -hmm. then have to go and vet them and like find out all this shit on my own? Or do I want to have a person handpick someone for me that I'm going to know is aligned with all my values and I don't have to do that like background deep dive? You know? 100% because the apps look the apps can work for you. Technically, Adam and I met on an app, they can work. And I think for some of the apps, there is a lot of intentionality behind them as well. But in order to make them work for you can be a full time job. Like right. it is it is really a full you have to be adept at screening. You have to be consistent on it, even when you don't want to be. You have to make time to go out on those dates. You don't want to go out. On, like you, like you said, you have to navigate the delicate balance of asking those important questions. But without it just coming across as a little overwhelming to someone, you know, like what's your relationship with your mother? And like, yeah. what what are your goals? How does your ex really feel about you? What did you learn in your past relationship? Like that's a little so it can work. You just have to really have the time to do that delicate dance and also try to make sure that it doesn't jade you in some way, which is just, it's hard. I think it it has, can have that effect on anyone. So if you choose to continue to go that route, great. And don't give up hope. Like it can totally work. But if you feel like, look, I've been there and done that. I'm over it. I don't want to do that anymore. Or there's other things I could be doing, then we'd love to help you. Like matchmaking, that is what we are committed to doing. I never thought as a kid, I'd be a matchmaker, but anyone who knows me from when I was young, including my 
guidance counselor will say, oh yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Like that totally oh, I tracks. love that. That's amazing. This has been so fascinating. I want to end with a quote that I saw on your website that I fucking love. And that is drink water and date someone who deserves you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, life's motto, right? Like that's pretty much, yeah, that's it in a nutshell. It's like a quote to like live and die by, like mm-hmm. two of the most important things. Because really we don't have time to be dating someone who doesn't deserve us. Absolutely. Because when you do meet the person or people, just even think of the friends or the people you care about in your life, like how much more time you want with them, like how many more memories you want. And so the minute you recognize that the person you're with or getting to know or whatever, maybe doesn't quite appreciate you or has shown that they don't appreciate you in the way that you deserve, you don't have to try to rationalize that. Like don't say that because what you're doing is you're blocking space for the person who really is meant to be there. It's like a parking spot. Both cars can't fit there. They can't. So like tow that, you know, smart car out and Mm -hmm. uh, let the new car come in. That sounds, it's a really weird. That's so right. No, it's such a fucking great thing to, for people to remember, like you're blocking the space for what's meant for you when you're with Mm -hmm. someone that's not deserving. A hundred percent. I love it. Devin, thank you so much. This has been amazing. Can you tell everyone where they can come stalk you on social media, please? <laughs> ah, thank you. Well, if you want it, because again, shout out to Share Shuttle who did my website. You can go to my website and at the bottom, it has all my socials. But I'm most active on Instagram, which is just Devin Simone, Devin with the Y, Simone with an I. And then Twitter, just Devin Simone, Devin with the Y, Simone with an I. And then if you want to talk like date night looks, all that stuff, you can actually follow me on my Amazon account. So you can even just Google Amazon. Devin Simone and the page should come up and you can click follow there and we'll do some like live streams coming up next month. That'll be fun for like date night ideas and all of that fun oh, stuff. Fun. Too. So, um, oh, I yeah, love make that. Make sure you click follow on that. Oh my God. Amazing. Thank you for being here. This was wonderful. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Oh, I want to thank Devin for coming on and chatting with us today. Um, I just adore her. I think she is so wonderful, had such really like great points to offer on relationships and dating and like all of the things like just a well-rounded episode to give you some hope and some like, look, if the apps are sucking my soul and not doing it for me, like there, there is another way you can dive into Devin's content, maybe fucking hire a matchmaker in your life. Lord knows if like for some reason the world ended and Tay and I were not together anymore, my ass would not be on the apps. I would be hiring someone to Uber Eats myself a fucking man. Best believe that. (laughs) I love you guys. I will see you next week. All right, FMLers, if you don't want to miss an episode, make sure to follow on your favorite podcast app. And if you're loving the show, drop us a five-star rating and leave a review. You can keep up with me on Instagram at Gabrielle Stone or the podcast page at FML Talk Podcast. For all the merch and books signed personally by me, you can shop the FML line on eatprayfml.com. And as always, have a fucking self-love cocktail on me. Cheers. Welcome to As a Woman, Fertility Hormones and Beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a fertility physician and co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. 
we will talk about a wide range of topics, including the menstrual cycle, your hormones, infertility, IVF, mental health, and well, beyond. So join us and become part of the community of collaboration that amplifies others as a woman. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.